Greetings, cyberspace, and welcome to episode 127 of the Double Density Podcast with your host, Brian Angelo. Double Density, your home to tech tales and paranormal primers. Now, first things first, Angelo, I have my first proclamation of 2020, Angelo. I've tried to understand youth culture. I've done something drastic. I've joined TikTok. Okay. I've heard about TikTok, people mentioning it. I haven't taken the time to actually look into what exactly it does, other than I've heard that if you join you hand off all your data to the Chinese government. That's right. I'm already doing that anyways with my other apps, so who cares? Uh, do you know what Vine is? Or was, so sorry? Yeah, I remember Vine. It's the same thing. Oh, really? Yeah, pretty much. So they think this will work, and Vine it, didn't? It, it has been working. Yeah, it's because people wanted Vine back. Yeah, well, yes and no, because Vine was very popular, what, like six, seven years ago, and this is a whole new crop of of young, fresh-faced content creators ready to do this, and they, I, fig- I think they've also figured out how to properly monetize it, too, because there are a couple of ads in there once Some in a while. Some new Logan Pauls in the way? Exactly. In the way, I like that, yes. Uh, On the way, I said, but okay. Oh, I sound like in the way, as <laughs> oh. in, like, they're your enemies. Maybe. <laughs> they in your way to glory on TikTok. So the Isn't only difference that between- a Kesha song? Yes, it is. And it's also spelled the same way. Did they name it after the Kesha song? I have no idea. It used to be a, a service called Musical.ly, which was uh, to uh, uh, do karaoke on video, and that didn't work out. Um, all that to say, Angelo, uh, will you join me on TikTok? No. Fine. No, I, I'm not. I actually today contemplated deleting my Twitter account. Really? Yeah, I almost decided to look into doing that. And then I said, you know what? I'm just not going on. And what if somebody messages me? How, what if there's an important you, how podcast? How do you do a tech thing? podcast but issue most tech? I don't know. It's weird, right? I feel like this may be a recurring theme tonight, but that's okay. Yeah. But uh, speaking of tech and me not issuing tech, uh, my AirPods Pro are amazing. Really? Yeah. I, I'm really impressed with how great they sound and how good it sounds to walk downtown and not be startled by... Uh, the droning of giant trucks and stuff, but still hear things enough to not be hit by cars. I'm very happy that you're able to ignore modern society in that way. It's pretty great, actually. I, I Did I mention this on the show yet? But I thought I was going to not hear the announcements on the train, but I actually hear them better. Really? Well, because the white noise of the train is gone, right? but anything sharper than a white noise type thing comes through very clearly. So I actually hear it over the white noise. You realize you're giving off a real old man yells at cloud vibes tonight? Really? Yeah. Oh. Doesn't want to join TikTok, contemplates quitting Twitter. He uh, doesn't want to hear sound except those specific sounds that are meant for him. Yeah. Well, it's perfect. Life is better like that. <laughs> and I also I guess, don't have I mean, to... li- life is better if you want to create a bubble for yourself. Well, the bubble is good too, because now I don't have to put the uh, sound so loud that it breaks my hearing. So let's back up for a sec before I forget, right? So right now, I think the bigger thing, and you didn't include the, the idea of Twitter on the show notes because I want to talk to you about that. Empirically speaking, is Twitter good or bad for you? It's neutral right now because I'm not even looking at it. So you're not engaging with it, so therefore it's not a thing. No, I'll, I'll engage when you tell me, oh, there's a DM for us, and I'll go yes. look at that. Yes. But apart from that, I actually haven't really looked at my timeline much. I've liked a few tweets here and there of friends, but nothing really... I haven't taken the time to actually go through my timeline. I'm so behind in the news. I have no idea what's going on in the world, which is kind of good in a way for me because I don't really, like I know the important stuff, but a lot of the stupidity out there, I don't really uh, think about. And then sometimes you'll mention something to me and I'll look into it. Okay, that's, I mean, that's fair. I mean, if that's how you want to live your life, that's totally cool. Uh, yeah. Counterproductive to a man running a tech and paranormal podcast, but that's fine. Well, paranormal, no. I mean, we just, we decide on a topic and we kind of look into it. Yeah, but sometimes these are spurred on by Twitter conversations. 
That's true. And then you tell me about it. Yes, which this is, is your uh, job. <sighs> yes. <laughs> I feel like you are absolving yourself of all responsibility with that. Um, partially. You don't want to engage on Twitter. You don't want to engage in terms of, of, of content and ideas in certain ways. Don't they say not to engage? Rules of engagement <laughs> don't engage? <laughs> I, I'm enjoying your outlook on life because it's clearly not mine, right? So I can, I can respect that. I can respect that. This is why we work so well as co-hosts. Yes, because you are a, a man who'd rather live in a hole in the ground. No, I like comfortable holes. You leave like, your house like once a year. Remember in December when you go to that magic show was your one time a year that you were afraid you weren't going to get parking because you left the house? I leave the house every day to go do stuff, but no, to do a show of some kind. Yeah, that was like the one time. Well, no, any year. kind of like a bigger social activity that doesn't involve your immediate family, let's say. Yeah, exactly right, actually. <laughs> People think I'm like some sort of, uh, I was going to say hobbit, but I meant to say hermit. Hermit, yeah. Uh, okay so if if the people of this podcast were to listen how would you contextualize yourself in a non-herb manner i'm i'm not quite sure where to go with that uh one of the things you can do angelo when you stay home is uh uh surf the treasure trove of archive.org and i found it uh so once again i want to preface this with i do believe that the atlantic monthly is a rather uh largely garbage uh periodical but sometimes they have pretty pretty good weren't they actually articles. good at one point yeah, and then like a couple of years ago, they did a whole thing with the Church of Scientology where they were doing SpawnCon with them. Oh. And remember I was showing you that uh, Why Your Child is Obsessed with the Garbage Truck article? Oh, yeah. There's, yeah, some real, yeah. that's literal garbage article. Yes, but I linked you to uh, an Atlantic article all about how uh, a Selenion fan site sort of gave us a, a view into old internet, and I thought this was kind of good. Canadian and Quebec treasure, Selenion. Uh, not even a joke. Uh, so my sister podcast, the Codocast, we talked about that recently about Celine Dion. Your sister and, has a podcast? No, my sister podcast. Our sister podcast. <laughs> I know. Oh boy. Dad jokes aplenty here. The hermit got dad jokes. You may continue. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Anyways, uh, so this article is kind of cool. And so it's a fan site entirely devoted to dreams that people have had about Celine Dion. And so the webmaster uh, uh, was carefully selecting those that he believed to be truthful. So this is almost veering into paranormal territory. Uh, in what way would you say? Well, the truth of dreams and things like that. Prophetic dreams of Celine Dion. But I don't even know if they're real or not a lot of the time. I think people like to write out their fantasies. Like how many fan sites had like, uh, you know, fanfics? Of Celine Dion? Just in general. In general, yeah, I guess. If you were to visit a GeoCities website from 99 or 2000, chances are there's... A good chance that you're probably going to see some kind of uh, first or third person and narrative about either uh, meeting the band or wanting to meet the band or having their lives impacted or in certain cases, uh, fanfics written about um, song subject matter or how subject matter has influenced life. You want to know something? I've never read a fanfic. Really? Not even during your times of trolling Alanis Morissette fan sites? No, not not ever. I never find. Maybe I'll find you one. Maybe there's like a Tim Cook one out there that I can find. It'll do a dramatic reading. Exactly. I'll, I'll go on to Wattpad, which is like the, the prominent uh, fanfic uh, website of our times, and uh, find something for you. Correct me if I'm wrong. Fifty Shades of Grey started out as a fanfic of... Uh, Twilight. What's it called there? Twilight. Now, uh, also, correct me here, um, or enlighten me, actually. Fanfic, is it? Is it always like... Uh, Not like, always sexual. Okay. <laughs> no, they're completely mundane ones that you can read. Okay, it's like okay. people encounter the band, and like it's fine. Okay, cool. And I think we're speaking mostly about the, the musical realm here because it's, uh, you know, we're using the Celine Dion website as a framework to work through our feelings about the 90s. But uh, yeah, no, largely, um, I'd, I'd say like half-half, let's say. Okay, and you love the music, right? 
What, Celine Dion? Yeah. Yes. Are you, are you really a Celine Dion fan? Absolutely. Ask my wife. I bought one of her greatest hits and I played it in the car when I came. I still can't tell if you're telling the truth. Oh, or no, no, no. Hold on. Uh, Staff, do I sing Celine Dion non-ironically? Oh, yeah. You love her. There you go. I love her. <laughs> According to my wife. Wow. I had no idea. This is a new side of you. You should do a whole episode of the show <laughs> about this. You know, maybe it'll be a bonus episode that I put out where it's just my musical tastes that you're very confused by. Now, um, what what made this site compelling to you or this whole article? Because I, I know thought you, it was interesting that someone was cataloging fans' dreams about um, a musical personality. And like that was the beauty and the joy of the internet uh, like 20 years ago. Not to say that it was a worse or better internet, probably a slightly better internet because everyone was learning to share their feelings in specific ways uh, via early blogs or uh, websites and fan sites. But it offered a chance for the creative to get creative in ways that you don't necessarily see now in, you know, for example, like TikTok. Well, I remember when we first started using the internet in the late 90s, people saying, you know, in 20 years, the internet will be unrecognizable. And having grown up with it and used it all this time, it's been so gradual that, you know, the internet seems like the internet still, but it really is unrecognizable from what it was. I largely agree with that assessment because it's less about content and more about interactions surrounding content. Yeah, exactly. Before you would put something on the internet so somebody could see it and they would see it and that's it. You really wouldn't talk to them. You wouldn't interact. Now, it's all about following up on current events, not putting on stuff there for people to look at it whenever they really want. If it's old news, it's old news and nobody cares anymore. I think it's also the question of the digital cycle, right? Like the the always up culture in me of, of social media forces you to sort of be online to follow a narrative where it's this kind of existed in its own timeframes, like different websites updated in different times. And you weren't necessarily anticipating things at specific times. And it was always fun. Like uh, I think I've talked about this before, but I used to visit uh, uh, the preeminent South Park fan page on the internet, beefcave.com. And like updates would be regular, but not every day, you know? And, and so you'd, you'd log on to see if there's anything new, not knowing yeah, you would go to your list of sites that you would have in your bookmarks and not really worry about what was new and what wasn't. You just kind of look for new things yourself. And I obviously, being the guy who doesn't really go on Twitter anymore and uh, doesn't have a Facebook account or anything, I'm kind of like in that mindset where I want to, if I want something to look at, I'll go look for it myself. I'm not going to have somebody tell me via social media what to look at. Or uh, in this case, I go look at things that are in our Google Doc of whatever the next episode is going to be. Right. So I think it's the comparison of like 20 years ago, leisurely reading versus now it's always frantic all caps posting at all hours, hoping that someone interacts with you. Yeah. People are always worried that they're going to just fall behind. Exactly. And uh, I think it's a continual worry for, for some people. I've learned to sort of like let go of that a bit, but I, I definitely think it's an ever present situation um, for a lot of people out there um, using social media platforms. Well, you know, a good way to kind of relax and have the internet work for you. You, you know what a good way of doing that is? Mining Bitcoin. No, going to Google, putting something to search for, and clicking the I'm feeling lucky button. Right, so this is a listener question from Stella who asked me this um, at work the other day, and I said, that's a really excellent question. I have no idea the last time I clicked I'm feeling lucky, Angelo. Do you remember the last time you clicked I'm feeling lucky? Other than just to try for fun, I maybe a few years ago? Right. I was never really, I never really understood what that button was for. Was it a random site or was it, is it always the first hit? Not the first hit. Usually it's the most, it's a, it's within the first page results usually. Okay. So I'm going to type in your name right now. Okay. So when I plug your name in, it actually leads you to your employer's website with uh, your details there. Okay. So my specific phone number. Yes. Yeah. So it's kind of amazing. I just put in your name. So let's try my name now. 
right? It's probably not going to be me. It's going to be the guy in Australia who probably looks for hookers. Oh, uh, yeah. It's uh, Brian Hasty Real Estate at brianhasty.com.au. Ah, see? Not the top Brian Hasty. I'm not the top dog. Why do you think it's still there, though? Do you, I, I would love to see some user stats on that. I don't know. But I'm, I'm kind of happy that uh, of the guy who's the internet recluse who doesn't touch anything, I'm the one whose name actually leads to him. Well, yeah, because of work. If we had a work director, I'd probably be up there, too. Uh, well, too bad for you. Uh, the good people news, can though, find too, me and call me at work now. Well, I was going to say, there is your work email if people feel like uh, bothering you via work. Great. I can't <laughs> wait. They'll probably get caught in the spam filter anyway, so don't worry. Um, how much longer do you think the I'm Feeling Lucky button's going to exist? I think it's, at this point, a legacy thing, and they're not going to take it out. But it's just going to live there forever? Yeah. It, Fair enough. Honestly, there would probably be an internet uproar if it was taken out. Yeah, or nobody, nobody would it. notice. Yeah. And then once they notice, people would freak out. Right. It's like Donald Trump in Home Alone on CBC. Yeah, exactly. That happened, what, three years ago? Four years ago, yeah. Four years ago. So before he was even president. Yeah. Yeah, yeah but way before. They know so it was 2013, 2014. So six yeah. years ago almost. I'm glad he didn't take it out on us. So Angelo, you want to talk about some tech tips. Um, I'm going to leave the floor to be yours because I'm not sure where this is going to go, but I might interject depending on how uh, this goes. So Angelo, uh, explain your tech tip of the week. I had an experience last week where my phone would not stop ringing. And my phone doesn't ring often. So is this your house phone or your cell phone? I don't have a house phone, so it's my cell phone. And it was random numbers from all over the world. So I had some from other Canadian provinces. I had some from the United States. I had a couple from Burkina Faso. And um, all over the world, really. So a good seven or eight calls. And they were all uh, Chinese spam calls. The same one? Yeah, the same one. Uh, well, uh, honestly, I didn't answer all of them, but the three or four I did answer, just in case, because I did answer the ones in Canada, right? <laughs> right. And uh, who all do you them, think would be calling you? I don't know. I, a package was going to be delivered. Who knows? So these people are calling you. Yeah. So I, I call my my uh, carrier and I ask if there's anything that could be done because I've heard of these uh, laws now where these spam calls are not supposed to be coming through. The problem with that is it's obvious telemarketers that won't come through. When these spam callers are actually uh, spoofing real phone numbers, there's nothing you can do about it because they will come through. They can't be blocked at the carrier side because they're not on any list. I'm on the do not call list uh, in Canada, but I don't get calls from telemarketers necessarily, but I will get these spoofed phone number calls. Previously, they used to come in with the same uh, area code and exchange of my phone number. Have you ever seen those? Yes. So let's say, you know, your area code's 438 and your exchange is like 223. The phone number would come in with those numbers and the four digits would be, the four last digits would be different. Uh, these were not the case. Obviously, they were coming from all over the world. I call my carrier. Their solution is to block the phone number. But when I explained that they were all coming from different numbers, that obviously was not a good solution. His other solution Change my phone number I've had for 20 years. <laughs> that sounds super practical. Do that. Yeah, let's do that. Okay, perfect. Let's change my phone number because that makes a lot of sense. I don't see that stopping anything. Well, um, I realized there has to be a feature in iOS and I think this was added in iOS 12. Oh, you're talking about the unknown feature? Yeah, so basically you go into the phone app and there's a feature called Silence Unknown Callers. What's nice about this is it doesn't silence Everybody, let's say you called a plumber recently and left them a message. Well, that plumber will be able to call you back because it's in your recently outgoing calls. 
But if a number has never called you, it's not found in any emails because Siri will look for it in emails as well. So any email that's on your on your device, so it won't go anywhere but beyond your device. Um, it's not. It's it's still a, it's still relatively private. It will not come through. The thing is, I turned it off and I got two more calls that went directly to being silent. So you will see the calls. They will go to voicemail. They didn't leave a voicemail message. Uh, luckily enough, I did see the calls. But since I turned it on, I haven't had any missed calls. So it's it it just stopped. I think I was on the list that day or something because it was ridiculous. <laughs> Do you picture like a call center just you know sitting down with a robo dialer, being like, "Today's the day we get Angela, everyone." Yeah, frantically calling this one specific phone number over and over again. Do you get a lot of spam calls, Brian? I do. I do at least once a week. Brian, you're actually within the average. Uh, I uh, when I looked it up, it's about four or five per month. The average. Okay, so that's in yeah, yeah, one a week, three to four. I think in the U.S. it's worse. Oh, I would uh, believe that. Any listeners in the U.S., please uh, let us know if you get a lot of spam calls. We'd be uh, happy to take your call. <laughs> Conversely, if you are a spam caller and own a robo-dialer or some other kind of program and uh, wish to anonymously uh, come on the show, please let us know. I'd be more than interested to talk to one of you people. Do you have that feature turned on? Do I? The, what do the you unknown uh, caller? I do, yes. I do. Yeah. That's why I've changed. I've actually changed your name in my contacts to unknown. Thanks. So that uh, way but because call, it's in your contact, it right. will come through. Oh, right, of course. Not that I ever, ever call you. I think we've called each other on a telephone maybe once. Once. But we non, talk. Non-work-related non once. <laughs> Let's head on over to the paranormal side of things, Angela. How's that sound? Sounds great. What's this? Kids with a cellular phone? Introducing Amigo from Cantel. We're sorry. The number you have dialed is not in service at this time. <laughs> Double Density. Welcome back to Double Density. And as always, we're switching gears from tech to the paranormal. So the first article on this week's docket is a uh, an article from Aon.co entitled Reasons Not to Scoff at Ghosts, Visions, and Near-Death Experiences. Now, Angela, we've done this over 120 times, my friend. And, and usually, you like to end things by saying, well, it's probably not that, right? So when you sent me this article, by the way, I had to look up what Aon was. Like, It's a weird website. Yes, it's one of these like um uh philosophy uh, type artsy yes. fartsy um weird experience type things. What I love about that is that you've already uh, characterized this uh, in your mind as a quack publication using those words. I'm the worst, aren't I? You're pretty transparent, which is why I don't understand because we've done this 120 times. I don't expect you to buy in all the time. I expect you to buy in some of the times, but it seems like it's almost like at a zero rate. So I don't understand uh, uh, why you keep doing this. Well, this article is actually interesting because it, it it actually does have a decent point to it. But it's not the point for you. Well, it, it talks about how these things could be sort of therapeutic. Right. But at the same time, like uh, uh, I was hoping by sending this article, we can have a conversation about how uh, uh, belief is a scary thing. And I think sometimes you are scared to believe in things. It's not a, a question of being scared of believing in things. I don't like believing in something that I'm not sure is actually something I should believe in. If but you're very dismissive of those things too, right? At the same time. So sometimes it comes off as flippant, I've been told. Oh, you've been told that, have I've you? I've been told, yes. I just flipped this table here. <laughs> no, this is a conversation about belief and and the supernatural. And the thing is, like, I wouldn't do this podcast if I didn't enjoy doing it with you. Um, I'm just curious to, to kind of get, because I, I think I'm more of a case-by-case kind of person, whereas you, your threshold for what you believe to be acceptable is much higher than mine, I think. Yeah, let's say I'm your uh, Philip class to your Dr. Phil. <laughs> <laughs> 
uh, let's roll with that, I guess. Uh, that is an interesting comparison. Uh, yeah. I'd say more Carl Sagan than Philip right. Glass. I just, I say that because sometimes you, the tone in which you use, uh, and obviously like says, sometimes we do cover things that are quite stupid and we laugh. Like the ACDC ghost of a couple episodes ago. That was funny. That was funny to me, but sometimes there are things that are a little more serious that you tend to use and, and talk about in the same sort of like brushstroke almost because you categorize them before actually maybe looking at some of the particulars involved in it and sort of like judge based on topic, not necessarily on um, evidence and interpretation presented. Okay. Well, one thing um, I just want to say about this article is that it does talk about NDEs and NDEs are interesting to me because it's a real thing, right? People have a near-death experience. And a lot of them talk about seeing the same thing, right? The tunnel and uh, seeing uh, loved ones that are gone. There's a light and all these things. Something's obviously happening to them, right? We both can agree on that. I definitely can agree with that. And I'm, I'm going to throw a, a, an asterisk into a lot of that because while I agree that it is a universal phenomenon, um, a lot of the time with these NDEs, especially with the ones where you see the, the tunnel of light, mm-hmm. um, it's usually in the person's native tongue that they're being spoken to if they're being spoken to in these situations. Well, yeah, because, well, so let's say they're real and it's the afterlife or whatever. Or whatever. It would make sense that uh, whatever is uh, in charge of the afterlife would be able to speak your native tongue, wouldn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I feel like there's some kind of credence there um, towards uh, a universality in terms of the experiences that people have gone through that we don't necessarily prepare for, right? So it's really hard to say that these were premeditated thoughts. Yeah, the, it's it could be just the experience of almost dying that does that in your brain where it makes you relive relive certain things and and gives you an idea now is there a correlation between what happens in NDEs between people that believe in the afterlife and those that don't that's a really good question and also to sort of add to that right um a lot of different NDEs while the uh uh maybe um the same in in terms of like a content, right? Um, is it coming from inside of the brain or is it an outside manifestation coming in? Yeah, if it's happening in a hospital, you're seeing bright lights because you literally have lights over you maybe. Um, though the ones I, I find really uh, bizarre are when uh, somebody sees themselves in the room and then they're able to recall things that they that actually happened while they were out. Right. Have you heard, have, you know what I'm yes, talking yes, about, right? Yes. I remember seeing these on Unsolved Mysteries and things like that. The The problem with those is they can be explained as, you know, you you memories get created, things may have been overheard. You never know exactly what happened and that's how your mind's eye saw it, that you were in the room and you may have actually overheard something instead. Again, here I am dismissing these things. I'm just saying that there are so many possible explanations, we can't just jump to the paranormal one. And I think that's fair. Um, so like sort of pivoting to something else in the article is all of these ideas of uh, uh, people who've had ghostly encounters and have had things revealed to them that no one else alive would know. Like there are instances of that and there are verifiable instances of that. Um, does that sway you at all? Could it be a guess? Could it be something that is it? So these things, are they really complicated things or something more general where like, you know, uh, Aunt May died and she had a million dollars stashed away and all of a sudden somebody realized this, but it was it ended up being true. 
you know what? I'm going to do some research. I'm going to bring something to the table in the next couple of episodes you and I can talk about that's more verifiable in that way, I think. Yeah, that would be great because okay. it bothers me that you would think I'm flippant about this stuff. I do give it some thought. It's just the way I'm wired makes it hard to look at it from the point of view that it's automatically true when I know how easy it is for the brain to be tricked into believing something that's not true. For sure. And I think once again, like it talks to the barriers that you and I both have in terms of, of our threshold of belief for these kinds of things, right? Yeah. I remember I'm a four, right? Are you a four? How does that scale work? <laughs> it's again, one Ryan? to four, double density four. scale of, of paranormal belief. One is you believe everything. Four is you don't believe anything. Yeah. So I'm a 2.5. And I'm like a 3.5. 3.75, let's say. 3.75, yeah. Yes. Because like the only thing I kind of give any credence to is maybe some crypto, crypto I was going to say cryptography, maybe some uh, cryptozoological findings might be something weird. So what you're saying here is that I need to do my homework in 2020 and come at you in the right way to sort of challenge how you uh, view these different phenomena with specific examples. 2020, the year of the challenge. I know. And uh, speaking of the challenge, I challenged you last episode to find a paranormal event that you actually thought could be real and you rose to the occasion. Well, rise to the occasion is not exactly the right term, I guess. I I started thinking back of historical accounts of paranormal things that happen, like even in religious texts and things like that. And uh, it made me think of um, Didi the Magician. Have you ever heard of that story from... From ancient Egypt? No, hit me with it. So it's it's actually not a true story. It's people thought that the there's this thing called the the Westcar Papyrus. I'm not even exactly sure how to pronounce that. I think it's pronounced Westcar Papyrus. And there were different stories there. And in the fourth one, it talks about the story of a magician who basically came into the Pharaoh's chamber and showed a duck that was um, had its head cut off and he placed the head on one side and the duck on the other side and the duck basically was brought back to life and the head was put back on and it was all okay. Okay. The story wasn't true, but this is actually a, a trick that people have done and you can literally look up David Blaine doing this and he talks about Didi the Magician, although he makes it sound like it was a, a real story uh, and he uh, freaks people out in the street by <laughs> chopping off a, a, an animal, uh, I think it was a chicken's head in this case, and then putting the chicken's head back on. There's also a famous story of uh, the magician Max Malini from the early 20th, early 20th century where he was at a dinner party and they were serving this roast chicken. And um, all of a sudden, uh, just before they were about to cut into the chicken, he made that thing come up to come to life and run around the room. <laughs> uh, and, that sounds uh, like a fun party trick. Yeah, and I'm, nobody's really sure if it basically, he did something like it and it got, uh, you know, like how things get aggrandized over time. Uh, but it's possible they did something like it. He, his, one of the, the things he used to do, and this is, uh, is actually a fact that uh, is, has been documented, is he would sit with somebody at a table over the course of a few hours for dinner or for lunch or whatever, and eventually he would put the menu in front of him. Uh, this is towards the end of the dinner. like So hours and hours have passed. And uh, he'd remove the menu, and all of a sudden there'd be a giant block of ice on the table. He wouldn't have moved. Nowhere would this, <laughs> there's no, a frozen chunk of ice would just show up on the table. So how'd you explain that? I don't know the exact explanation of it, but if you watch Ricky Jay's uh, Deceptive Practice, it's a documentary about Ricky Jay. Do you know who Ricky Jay is? I do not. 
You really don't know who Ricky Jay is? No. I bet you if I sent you a picture of him, you I guarantee you, you'd know who Ricky Jay is. Actually, I don't have to do that. Use that Google thing and click on the I'm feeling lucky button. The only Ricky Jay I know is the no means no guy. The Canadian okay. pop star Ricky Jay. Okay, look up Ricky Jay. Please do that. It's the, it's the pop star I'm getting. Really? Because when I Google Ricky Jay. Oh, J-A-Y. Sorry. Yes, yeah. yes. Yes, I recognize his face. Okay. Yeah, he passed away uh, just uh, last year, actually. Uh, well, 2018 at this point, because it doesn't feel like the... I the prefer future. my version of the story where it's Ricky Jay, the pop star. No, but if you watch Deceptive Practice, there's uh, an interview with a reporter that was following him, and uh, he brought it to lunch, and he actually did that at the end of lunch. He just oh. took out a chunk of ice. So things are possible to do that would not seem normally possible without the paranormal. And it made me think of, like I said, all even, you know, I, I don't want to talk too, too much about religion because it, it will get people upset and I don't want to do that. But, you know, like things about turning water into wine and all that, walking on water, those can actually be achieved through trickery. What about uh, the loaves actually, and the fishes? Well, who knows? Again, the, the Bible, right? Like it's, it's stories, right? That were passed down from generation to generation. So things change over time. It always brings me back to that uh, video from the future where they're talking about the Beatles, John, Paul, George, and Scottie Pippen. <laughs> yes, of course. All this to say that thinking about it more and more, it's, inter- it's just amazing to me that the texts we have of all these miracles and things could actually be attributed to some sort of trickery. And in good ways and bad ways, because I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I think it's just like those uh, ideas of uh, visions and ghosts and things like that can be therapeutic. People doing a trick to help them cope with things is actually not a bad thing in some well, cases. We've we've talked about things like you know um, uh, UFO encounters as a ma- uh, screens for trauma, right? Yes, that was actually a really heavy episode. Yes. Um, and so like, I, I think it's, a, a you know, an instance of that, I mean, obviously like a much, um, uh, heavier instance of, of what you're saying, but I think it's, it's sort of like in the same variety. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with tricking somebody if it makes them feel better. Uh, I get, I guess in some, some ways it can be bad, but sometimes it's not a bad thing. But don't you feel like a lot of illusions and magic and things like that um, uh, are made to, to make the audience slash like wonder for sure, but also make like make them feel dumb a bit? Well, uh, the, the trend in magic now is to make sure the audience knows that you're not actually like a wizard of some kind. Most magicians get upset. We've talked about Yuri Geller before. He's, he's still, after all these years, insisting or not insisting, but he never actually says that he's a magician. But he never says he's not a magician either. What does his business card say? I wonder. I don't know. Let's can we Google that? What does Yuri Geller's business card say? <laughs> Let's do that Let's right now. Hold on. I see playing cards. I see a lot of pictures of him. Yeah. Nothing, unfortunately. Okay. Oh, I mean, he bills himself as. Uh, <laughs> Wait a second. Oh, you found something. <laughs> oh my God, Angela! I need to send this to you. This is incredible. Okay, let me. Send this to you right in chat. I love these like in-game moments. Okay, I'm going to open up the conversation. Angela, I'm going to read this to you, okay? So this is from, okay. obviously, the uh, Scottish Sun okay. front page. Yuri Geller fixed my Xbox. <laughs> <laughs> and this is an article from 2017. Exclusive with Don Thompson. Psychic's invite for Xbox. 
Psychics TV mind waves save sun's busted console. Well, yeah, the red ring of death was easily fixable by, uh, by making sure that uh, you actually had a psychic on hand. That's how, when you would send your Xbox in, they would have a uh, psychic fix it. There's also a really creepy picture of Yuri Geller and Michael Jackson hanging out in some kind of library, but the lighting is all off and weird. Funny enough, Yuri Geller was interviewed on the same podcast I was interviewed on. Really? I think we've talked about this, but it's, it's the Magic Word podcast with, uh, hosted by Scott Wells, who's actually, uh, it's a really great podcast, actually, if you like magic. So for the 500th episode, he actually had Yuri Geller on. And he's actually super charming. It's just, uh, and I, I don't mind Yuri Geller that much at all, actually. He's, he's very good at what he does. He's very charming. People like him. The thing is, is he's, he's not actually really psychic or anything. He's just really, he's a talented magician. But he doesn't acknowledge it. So it, it, and even in the podcast, you'll listen to it. It's, it's. If you listen to it, it's really interesting to hear him how he comes across. But it, it yeah, was. But he also a, believes that ETs gave him his powers, right? So, does he believe that, or is that all part of his shtick? <sighs> I mean, it's, it's definitely part of his shtick. But what I'm saying is that he believes it. Probably, I don't think so. No, you think that he's he's putting I think on he, a he obviously a knows. He's, yeah, he he knows what he's doing. He's, he's a, very good at what he does. It's a jape, as they say. I don't know what that means. That sounds oh, it mildly it, racist. A jape? No, a jape is a practical joke. Oh, I never heard that term before. There you go. He's pulling a jape on everyone. Is it something you do on TikTok? Yeah, it could be. Uh, by the way, you can follow me on TikTok at your boy Brian MTL for everyone out there who wants to follow no, me. No, is it literally your boy Brian? Your boy. Uh, yeah, boy. Yes, Brian MTL. Like, yeah, basic. Yeah, I only have a couple up there, but I'm planning on adding more. So get ready for the TikTok invasion, Angelo. Do I, um, do I have to be on TikTok to see your TikTok? Not at all. I could send you one. So you're going to show me your TikTok? Uh, yeah, I don't appear on screen for... Yeah, <laughs> wow, I watched into that one. You did. You did. Double density. Do you believe there are any human beings that have psychic powers? Has any human ever shown you something they've done that can come to you as something beyond trickery? Directly, no. I, I've never encountered someone who had claimed that, right? So it, I need to be in front of someone in the first place in order for that to work. And unfortunately, that is not the case. I do believe that certain people um, um, have certain talents that we haven't yet fully explained or explored. Remember that show, Joe Rogan Questions Everything? Yes. There was an episode where he had a uh, magician mentalist named Banachek on. Yeah, and, yeah, yes. And he was freaking Joe out. But everything he does is a trick. And he is super upfront about well, it. Well, I mean, he's a, mon- he's a mentalist, right? Banachek's amazing. I've actually watched one of his, his lectures uh, and I've seen how he does his stuff. It's really, really amazing. And he's an excellent magician. And he'll tell you he's a magician. He is not actually psychic in any way. But he was able to fool scientists for years. Would you agree that mentalism is just a form of gambling? Not at all, actually. I don't know yeah, where, yes. where you would say that. Let me explain to you, right? Okay, so you, you are betting a certain percentage that you ask well, a question will get an answer. In like many hedging, cases, though, in many cases going, it's actually 100%. But that's what I'm saying is that like in many cases, not all cases, right? So you're pretty sure at a 90% ratio that you should be asking this and not that. Yeah, but... You should be betting on this question, not that question, and this mm, answer, not that answer. Mm, yes and no. Uh, the In many cases, though, it's it's you're tricked into thinking that, but it's actually the, they've got the upper hand every single time and whatever happens, you're going to look, it's going to look magical to you. Talking like a confidence man here. Yeah. Well, they can really use their powers for, for evil and not for good. That's for sure. For sure. For sure. I don't want it to come off thinking, oh, psychics are, they know they're tricking. Sometimes they've tricked themselves. 
Oh, you're talking about Sylvia Brown? I actually no. I think she was. She knew exactly what she was doing. Really, she was just in it for the money. Oh yeah. Okay, that's sure. fair. That's fair. But um, there are some that actually think they're psychic. I mean, like you. So you flatly believe that no one has any kind of of intuition at all in that way. Absolutely not. They. It's. It's either they've tricked themselves into thinking that their cold readings are actually true readings, and they're so good at it, and they could be really good at it, and they get the information they need. But they're using something either they've learned it themselves intuitively, or they've, or you know, they've they've watched a magic lecture and they know how to do it. Right. So to you, uh, people are just using that in such a way as to um, promote themselves as psychics, but really, um, they're just frauds. Is what you're saying? No, but th- that's not what I'm saying. Some of them think they're actually helping. No, what people. I'm saying is that, like, to the the third party, i.e., you, they all come off as frauds. Fraud is such a, a negative term, though. They're not necessarily doing it to be bad but in a in a way because you're arguing it's a binary either they know they're doing bad and they understand it or they're unknowingly sort of talk themselves into it but at one point they had to cross that threshold into believing these things so they consciously would have had to probably have said to themselves i know this isn't real but i'm going with it maybe i I don't i don't think i think they may have thought it was real from the beginning so just living in a magical universe they may intuitively have figured out how cold read people and who knows um, I, I've heard of reformed psychics that go and expose these people. I do think a large majority of them, for sure, for sure, for sure, it's either um, they're aware of this or they're unknowing, but yet feel like they're being guided. But I also think there's a certain percentage of people um, that have a pull towards these things, not necessarily like an over kind of thing where they can tell you what your you know, de- closest dead relatives telling you, but you know, the kind of hinted things that would not otherwise uh, be known. But not to such a large degree that a lot of these uh, so-called psychics, um, and as well as these like somewhat real psychics, you know, sort of uh, pedal in. I think it's a question of degrees. Yes, there's it's it's there's no it's not black and white. That's for sure. No, I'd be kind of curious to see if anyone in our audience uh, um, has any sort of powers of premonition or anything. If you go ahead, you can uh, tweet us double underscore density. You can also email us at uh, double density podcast at gmail If you feel like doing neither, you can always just hit up double density done and click on the contact button to in order to uh, fill out the form, get in contact with us. We'd love to talk to you about your experiences. I would love to hear Angelo and someone else go at it for a while. So I feel like this is the beginning of a much larger dialogue between you and I in this uh, coming year in terms of like belief and things like that. I feel like we're we're shifting away a bit from sort of like the the pleasantries in which I bring you a case, we talk about it, you dismiss it, we call it a day. And I feel like we're really going to start digging into something a little bit deeper here together. And I think it's going to be a fun experience. Why we think the way we think. Exactly. And like, I need to work doubly as harder to present you with things that could change your worldview even slightly. Honestly, it's worse now that I've been looking into how magic works because now I know that there's so much possible to do making it look like you're producing a miracle of some kind, but it's it's just a trick. And it's an amazing trick and it takes a lot of talent in some cases, but it's 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 just a trick. It's still a trick. Okay. So let us uh, call this a year of exploration between you and I. A year of explanation. Of explanation? Exploration. Explanation. A year of exploration. A year of exploration as we sweat and perspire all over the place. Um, and, uh, let's expire the term happy new year. You haven't mentioned uh, it yet. I'm saying it now so that you don't say it. Were you going I, to say it? You were going to say it. I, I was going to say yes. See, that was, was my prediction. Yes. So, uh, you know, happy new year. It doesn't take much to cold read you, Brian. No, exactly. I'm very predictable in that way. Uh, much in like how I know that you're going to leave the house once a year for a, a very special event. And that event of course will be lunch with me sometime soon. Oh yeah. Are we, are we making a date on the show? Yes, we are. I'm forcing you into, uh, in, in, in real life interaction with me. Yeah, as long as it's not like really cold out. 
No, I mean, like, there's also, like, the strip club near my place of work that's close to yours, so bring your 20s. Great. Uh, do they have a buffet? <laughs> yes, they I don't have a people buffet. know this, but in, in Montreal, there are some gentlemen's clubs that actually have an all-you-can-eat buffet. For lunch, yes. And it's uh, apparently uh, of a decent quality, surprisingly enough. Sounds gross to me. <laughs> Sorry, but... Angelo, I feel like we've we've sort of like we've reached a new point and you know in, in terms of our podcast friendship and I feel like uh it's going to get a little intense in a good way. Great. I can't wait. <laughs> I uh I hope we challenge each other um because like that's the definition of a good friendship, right? Our friendship won't be final until I show you a magic trick in person. Yes, which is the culmination. Uh, you know what? That's that's the arc for 2020 is that you invite me somewhere for the holidays next year and you have this whole program planned out. So would you describe yourself a, as a card dishon? Uh I I guess I don't know. It's the only tricks I really know are with card tricks. I don't really know any other type of tricks. I feel like we've sort of gone like uh, on the deep end in terms of like talking about uh, a magic here on the podcast over the last little while. I feel like let's uh, make passing glances at it for the next couple episodes, but really concentrate on other phenomena that I really would love to talk to you about. Yeah, for sure. Let's do that then. All right. So uh, I feel like this is a really good place to close things off. Uh, one would say a magical place. Anyways, this has been episode 127 of the Double Density Podcast. Tune in next episode as Angel and I continue to agree and also disagree. I heard a collective groan from our our audience. (laughs) Angel, I'll see you around. See you around.